Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. It is one of those mailbags. Ooh. Mailbag. Mailbag. By Brother Date. Um, you really could do it live. I could just do it live. <laughs> from, from, <laughs> maybe from now on. I mean, you're pretty consistent. Mailbag. By Brother Date. Yeah. <clears throat> Which one was the recording and which one was real? Oh, You'll no never way. know. Yeah, one of them's got like doubled vocals. Oh. <clears throat> Maybe they would know. I don't know how to do that live. That's tough. On the 9th, Shannon wrote, at Brother Date and at Ben C. Town. Oh. You can paste text from websites without the formatting with a keyboard shortcut. On a Mac, just add Shift to Command plus V. On a PC... I'm 99% sure you just add shift to control plus V. Then she responded, I did a quick check, and apparently this shortcut works in a lot of places, but may not work in Microsoft Office. So, I mean, just use Google Docs instead. Shannon, I tried it. It worked. Also, <clears throat> proof that we will read anything. <laughs> no, that's coming up. Okay, good. Here's uh, some instructions for uh, copying some words better. Um... No, it was a handy tip. I did not know that, and uh, it, it did. I did use it last week when I was putting together some release notes. Oh, nice. Uh, Ryan wrote in on the ninth. Like the next fifteen of these are going to be Ryan. Okay. Uh, responding specifically to Shannon, start a conversation. That's what he attempted to do by sending that picture of the Aunt Jemima syrup bottle. Ah, so that wasn't a command to start a conversation. No. He wasn't like, do it now. Mm, I don't believe so. Okay. I don't, I don't believe so. All right. Okay. Okay. I, I said okay. Shannon responded to that about what? What are you talking about? Why are you so cryptic? And then a gif of Will Ferrell from Zoolander? Oh, yeah. Is that what? If he's, um, if, if he's Mugatu or whatever. Well, he's got the white curls, but shaved down the middle of his head yeah. and the white goatee. That and the right. gif is him screaming, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You know, if it, how easy is it to put in a, a gif? Because sometimes I get the feeling Ryan's that short with his tweets because he's tweeting while he's driving, which he shouldn't do. That's oh, the yeah. feeling don't try I get. To, don't try to do a gif while you're driving. <laughs> the feeling sure. I get from his tweets is that he's it's not what he's really got his mind on. He's doing a criminal crime? Yes. Yeah, that's right. He's got one of his eyes. He's sort of detached from the rest of, of what he's doing. It's just looking for cops. It's looking for gumball machines. Do people still call him that? Uh, well, I don't know. Let I don't us know. know what people. I don't know how people talk about police these days. Okay. When was the last time you talked about police? Um, boy, not recently. Was it? Uh, were you talk? Was it walking on the moon? Is that what you were Probably talking Probably after about? I got that speeding ticket at the end of 2017. 
Where were you speeding? Uh, I was bringing Katie back from the airport. Like, in between Christmas and New Year's, there was fucking nobody on the road. Uh, I was on I-280. Easy target. But I was, but I was down by that reservoir or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they got me there. In her Prius, full of luggage and everything. That's tough. Yeah, it was a real shame. I had to do comedy, uh, comedy traffic school. <laughs> Online comedy traffic school. Was Adam Carolla there? No, no, that's too bad. No, again, it was online. <laughs> uh, it took me, I want to say, fifteen minutes. No, well, that's not too bad then. Nah, how much? It was easy. I mean, except for the amount you had to pay, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Do- it was many dollars. Yeah, I got. So, I got. I got. Um, I got caught for running a red. I think maybe that same. No, it had to have been before then. Maybe 2016 or something. Um, I it was like a super quick yellow on a left hand turn. Ah. And I just missed it, and there was a cop just, like, right on the other side of the intersection or whatever who came across and got me, and I was like, man, that was... I, I thought I was going to make it. He's like, yeah, that was one of the quickest yellows I've ever seen. And I was like, so, am I going to... Do I get off for this? And he's like, no. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. That ain't how it works. No. <clears throat> uh, on the ninth, Ryan wrote... At Brother Date, so there is an apparently defunct Twitter account named Deanna's Vagina. <gasps> now, let's integrate this new piece of knowledge with your theory. Was he searching Twitter for Deanna's Vagina while driving? <laughs> that is a good theory. Huh? Maybe he was, um, he meant to do a Google search, like a Google image search, but he exit, he was still on Twitter. He went into the Twitter search bar. I understand that you're going to want to use Bing if you're doing that, but yeah. let's just see what Deanna's... I think we've been over this. If you want to get the real dirty results, you use Bing. Uh, do you mean Deanna's vagina with an apostrophe? I guess uh, I do. Sure, fine. Uh, make her vagina green. An what? article from HuffPo is the top. In honor of Earth Day, here are ways to make... A vagina happier, healthier, and environmentally uh, friendlier. I thought you meant literally make it the colored green. And I didn't understand why you'd want that. So, I guess, uh, uh, use one of those cups instead of using pads. And then I'm not reading the rest of the article. Yeah, I don't even understand how the cups work. And don't tweet, don't tweet us about how the cups work. I seen them in the store for one minute, and I didn't want, I went, oh, don't know how those work. And I didn't want to think about it anymore to figure it out. Nope, nope. No, I'm sorry, I'm just going to Bing. Okay. And you had to use the Ninja Turtles map music from uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles, the video game. Like on, Honestly, that's my default. Oh, yeah, it's just porn. Uh, just a lot of porn. <laughs> I told Boy, you. Bing is very different. We Bing learned is this. very different from Google. We learned this on the pod. I gotta imagine... Now, it is offering me, as a suggestion, Counselor Deanna Troy Star Trek. But I'm guessing at that point I'm just going to see images of the character. Uh, or like some weird fan-made uh, Photoshop deals. Yeah. If I've had enough. Yep. I thought it would be funny. It wasn't. No. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. His next tweet, not that I Googled it, of course. So he did Google it and not Twitter. For sure Googled tw- it. Twitter it. Hmm. Why was he Google? Never mind. <laughs> 
Also, did he not remember the name of Marina Sirtis? <laughs> no, he, he only cares about the character. The character Troy. He wants to see the character Troy's vagina. Because I don't know what's floating out there. You know, Denise Crosby did a Playboy. Ugh. And uh, uh, Marina Sirtis <laughs> did some bad movies in England. So... I'm not. I wouldn't swear to God. There's nothing out there, but you're definitely not going to find it just by searching Deanna's vagina. <laughs> it's the only Deanna he knows. That's not going to work. Uh, you get that? Can't have we talked about that channel Comet before? No, Comet is the channel that I get uh, that uh, plays cheesy old sci-fi movies. Uh huh. They'll play like. Um, uh, like giant Japanese monster movies, but it'll also play like bad '60s American sci-fi. And anyway, I was scanning around and I saw uh, me and Marjan saw like 15, the last 15 seconds of a movie with uh, Denise Crosby in it, and um, <laughs> one of the characters, because the credits started to roll almost immediately after we turned it on, I believe his name was Mandroid. Oh man, hold on. <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> she delivered Denise one line. Mandroid. The movie was almost over. She delivered one line and it was not well delivered. It this was... is the movie Eliminators, a 1986 science fiction action film uh, directed by Peter Manoogian. That sounds right. Eliminators could be it. Does it the tell plot you... centers around a mandroid constructed <laughs> by an evil scientist from the body of a downed pilot who teams up <clears> with <throat> the scientist responsible for android technology, her pet robot Spot, mm. a riverboat guide, and a martial arts warrior. Hey, is this the best movie? Yeah, the martial arts warrior was the Asian guy we saw, and he choreographed his own stunts we saw in the credits. That'd be Conan Lee as Kuji, ninja son of Dr. Takata? <laughs> that is, you are 100% correct. Denise Crosby as Colonel Nora Hunter, Oh, she scientist. was a colonel! That's cool. A, a whole colonel. Yeah, she couldn't read. She del- we saw her deliver one line, <laughs> and it was very badly read. And we were just like, oh no. Peggy Mannix as Bayou Betty, the oh. evil rival riverboat captain to Harry. Okay, so you see what's on this channel, Comet. Hey, um, the evil rival riverboat captain to Harry, it says here. Uh, oh, okay, there it is. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the actors. I was like, there's no Harry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's Harry? A- Andrew Prine as Harry Fontana, riverboat captain. <laughs> hey, why do you ever watch any other channel? Well, Marjan doesn't. Okay, well, there, there we when go. When I go to bed, she just turns on Comet and watches fucking... Uh, Oh, sliders? I don't know what they play in the middle of the night. But um, Babylon 5 recently has made its way onto Comet, and I went, that fits. Just from a production standpoint, that's about right. Well, boy, if you just if you just look at those first couple, huh? They're not good at all. A lot of pixelization. And by that I mean there's a lot of distinct pixels. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> there's a lot of easily picked off pixels where you go, I could see all the pixels. Why do I see them so good? The, I, I'm still mad about the time I said to Katie, hey, let's watch Babylon 5. And then I turned it on and I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I hadn't seen it in a while, huh? And then I want to say to her, hey, it gets good. I mean, the special effects never get good. No. Even when they get better, they don't get good. That's not what it's about? Like, by season four and five, they're definitely better than the, that terrible opening shot of that narn cruiser or whatever but yeah, I, just imagine saying to her no there's there's gonna be politics and stuff that's right that's all about the space un let's let's watch for that let's watch space un the tv show 
there's a thing where a guy comes into the station and says to Sheridan, hey, if there's a doom on this station, you have brought it here. And then Matt and I always pretend. There's a good gag say, that we did. There's a thing we used to say where he, there's a doom on the station, you brought it here's your pants. Yeah, he brought up I don't his, remember why. He brought up his pants. He was doing the drive. He would be thing. holding his pants in this scenario. <laughs> that was wacky. <laughs> we didn't have the internet. No. Um. So anyway, Mandroid. And he did a, like, the last thing in the movie is he did a real loud, no! And oh, then, thank God. Then the movie ended. It was really I'll good. Be, I don't, I, I'll be checking to see if I have this comet. See if it's on my cables. <laughs> yeah, you can watch uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda if you want. That's on there. I've always wanted to. I have not. It's got Sorbo. Yeah. It's got Kevin Sorbo? You know, Sorbo. You love him. Ooh. Yeah, so it could be, could be perfect. Uh, uh, Ryan also writes, it's less that I'm on holiday and more that I'm lazy, too lazy to listen to a podcast. Well, although he does follow up with a criticism at brother date. I keep hoping Matt will lose his shit laughing about something and trying to remember a movie just did not cut it. Well, sorry. So he was not enjoying trying to figure out where you saw Dennis or Randy Quaid in. (laughs) I was really, I was, look, the last couple of weeks, I'm just going to say it. I haven't given my best performance. <laughs> All right. Been very tired from work. My job, my job is hard. It's hard. And I, when we do this podcast and I can't remember anything. And you're two hours later than I am. So no matter how soon I can quit working and do this podcast, it's always nighttime for you. And, um, I couldn't, I, I couldn't remember that Randy Quaid, sorry, Dennis Quaid wasn't even in Signs. Yeah. I thought he was in Signs. Wow, what was that? Motorcycle. It sounded like a, like somebody was firing. Like a dirt bike type motorcycle, though. Like a powerful laser in a video game. I've been playing Ace Combat, so that's... Yeah, don't worry, we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, he writes... If the day after, if day after tomorrow was on TV every day, I would watch it every day. That's a confusing sentence because the movie's day after tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Then he writes, no, that was Randy Quaid. Then he writes, good job, Judah. You got it. You knew it was Randy in Independence Day. Though you did ask if it was Dennis first. Yeah. Well, I, I always have to think about it. Which one of them is weirder looking? And and I I remember. I went, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Everyone's in that. Uh, he also writes, at Brother Date, I believe it was about equal rights in the Klingon Empire. So I presume that was oh, his answer yeah. to the question time's about up. Uh, Time's Up Kronos. Yeah. I still contend it must have been something you said. It could be. I'm so- it's, too, it's too good a joke for me to have said it. Sometimes I say um, like the topical things that I see yeah, on the Twitter. Way, the way this podcast works is you'll say a joke. I won't hear it because I'm too busy thinking about what I'm going to say next. You do that a lot. So I just stonewall you. You step on a lot of jokes. I sure do. I'm kind of the joke murderer. And then instead of saying a joke or anything funny, I'll propose a complicated theory about something that's happening in Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I make a lot of topical jokes, like like, from what I see on Twitter. So like right today I'd make, it's trying to, oh, these are trends for me only. I was going to say, why is everything trending about the Baseball Hall of Fame? (laughs) Good question. I'm going to change that change maybe 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 are people still mad about that blown call in the saints game hold on let me i'm changing my trends that's what maybe that's what's hot on twitter united states trans no still still baseball hall of fame 
Yeah. All right. That's all that's Hold trending. Uh, oh, not for me too. I think that's legitimately just what's trending. People really care that Mariano Rivera and Roy Holiday headline the, the 2019 Baseball Hall of Fame class. That sucks. Uh, Marjan at this point writes Bridge to Terabithia. Now, I assume that this is uh, this is a book. Oh, well, Ryan responded, are we voting on book reports? And then you responded, and by the way, this week, well, it won't be by the time this goes out, but prior to this going out, you had a great picture of Entech being vaporized from last week's Star Trek, yeah. and your name is Cardi B. Yeah, like uh, Cardassian Cardi. Like that kind of Cardi. How does Cardi B spell it? With an I? I think with an I. Okay. I didn't look it up, but that's what I remembered. Uh, she makes money moves. That's right. She doesn't have to dance no more. I know that about her. And neither do I. I'm not dancing ever again. Um, but too late for the votes. Shannon Shannon replied on the 10th, I'll be doing where the red fern grows. Which, by the way, <clears throat> I said that Marjan and I together had talked about this and made these suggestions. So then Marjan had to go on the internet. And be and like, vote for something else. Nah, I actually want Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, she won up to you, blowing up my spot as always. Uh, she'd never read it before. Her book report will be coming up later in this mailbag. Ooh, it's it's ready. Uh, we talked a little bit about Rick's lake house, and Ryan responded, "I'll go to his lake house in January." Ryan, I don't think has ever met him, uh, and I one hundred percent believe that he would go to a stranger's lake house <laughs> in January. This dude is. Good times oriented. Hey, look, if no one's going to be there, if it's just an empty lake house, just sitting there, I'd go to somebody's lake house that I never met. I mean, I do Airbnb. I guess that's true. This is for free. This is even better. It's free, right? I don't have to pay Rick if I go. Uh, You know, we haven't discussed it. That'd be a weird con to suddenly try and pull. (laughs) Yeah, especially if it was after the fact. Like, so, uh, I went by the uh, lake house. Anyway, it's going to be 800 bucks. (laughs) What? cleaned up with all the cleaning fees it's uh, gonna be $379 and you just be like hey um we grew up together man and then you made it real serious and got quiet yeah went, hey you you've changed <laughs> you used to be cool that'd be a good one uh Ryan writes at brother date uh I have not seen the only knife you've ever made but I'd like to change that if I could yeah I'll show you my letter opener <laughs> sometime i have to take him his christmas present from matt so i like how you have strange cares but his cares might be stranger because you have the strange care of making this letter opener that took a long yeah, time i just and hated work. i just hated my letter opener and then i spent like 40 hours making <clears throat> another letter opener but he expressed the curiosity of getting a chance to see the letter opener yeah i mean you were sent me pictures of the letter opener and then i saw it when I was there in Christmas, but I don't think I ever asked to see it. Nope. No, I brought it along uh, unsolicited to Christmas for present. Opening. I mean, it was helpful. It was sharp. It cut it cut open ribbons and wrapping and stuff like that. But, um, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. It's cool that you have Strange a hobby. Cares. That's Strange all. cares. Yeah. Uh, and then yesterday, Shannon writes... Hey, are you guys sponsored by Audible.com yet? Did we talk about Audible among our many non-sponsors? I feel like we might have left them out. I probably talked about Audible in saying that I I used to have an Audible subscription, but all I did with it was, like, eventually a a bunch of free credits would build up, and then I'd go in and buy a bunch of audiobooks for nothing, except for the, the monthly fee that you pay. 
And that's when I realized right. <laughs> that I wasn't actually using the service enough. So I, I canceled my subscription to Audible. Yeah. I've never been into audiobooks. Ben is. I wonder if he uses Audible. Because this week's book report is on the way, and I listened to the audiobook. I hope that isn't cheating. There is no amount of effort you're putting into this that isn't wasted, so who cares? Seriously. Uh, it is, it's cheating, and you're going to have to redo it. And I want it on my desk by uh, this Thursday, if you can. Uh, good news, she redid it. Here it is. Uh, where the Red Fern Grows, an old man, Billy, watches a pack of dogs and gets all nostalgic. All right, hold on. I already have questions. Billy, not my favorite name for an old man. No. It's more of a little you boy's should, name. You should have transitioned to Bill or William. Yeah. for Like, yeah. definitely. Billy is definitely. not an old man's name. He goes home and looks at his trophies. Big spoiler for later. Flashback, as a child, Billy lived in the Ozarks. Oh. He wanted some coon hounds. You can't say that anymore. Not allowed. But his family was too poor. He spends two years earning odd jobs... Uh, doing odd jobs to earn money, then buys the dogs and trains them to hunt. Then he goes out and kills a lot of raccoons. <laughs> Amidst the raccoon slaughter, the local bully falls on an axe. <laughs> Cue vivid description of a gruesome death. Parentheses. Is this really a kid's book? Billy enters a hunting competition. That's not real. And wins trophies. Later, he and dogs are attacked by a mountain lion. Jesus. Dogs die, and family uses prize money to move to the city. Red ferns, planted by angels, grow on the dogs' graves. Is that a thing that people say about red ferns, or is that a thing that Billy thinks about these red ferns? I don't know. She put it in quotes. That's so pretty fucking creepy. Also, you take your guess. Even though this was a very short book report, I kind of spaced out in the middle. What prize money? What was the prize money about? Did they get prize enters, money for having their dogs killed? He enters killed? a hunting competition and wins trophies. When your dogs get killed by a mountain lion, do you get money? Nah, the dogs die later. Oh, okay. First they win that. First they get the trophies, then they die in a mountain lion attack. Okay. This sounds like if you had dogs. I feel like a mountain lion would attack a pack of dogs. I feel like a mountain lion would run. Yeah, it's not interested in a fight. Like what? Uh, they're not in it just to like fight animals. They're trying to eat and then live. Those are like the two things they're into. She describes it as a very gaudy story, G-O-D-D-Y, which I presume means it's there's a lot of Christianity in it, uh, with lots of dead raccoons, but also very enjoyable. Oh, that's good. I'm glad she liked it. I, I wasn't sure about it. I think I read it, uh, I don't know, like sixth grade? I don't really remember, but I... Um, it's rough, rough making 11-year-olds read books where a bunch of dogs are killed and a kid falls <laughs> on an axe. Some of the things she said, I, I kind of sort of remembered, but before she started, I didn't remember anything about it at all. Um, So the local bully fell on an axe. Yep. Dave Severin style. I, I understand that part, but it's even harder with an axe to like get so grievously wounded. Yeah, I would imagine like that's a sharp axe. Not only is it a sharp axe, but for it not to just turn out of the way. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, maybe it's a it's a two bladed axe, and it was stuck in a stump, so it couldn't move. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta get a lot of leverage either way. And maybe it was a bearded axe, and you fell right on the point of the lower part did he fall off a, like a tall building onto did, the axe she said that it was the ozarks but i think <laughs> it might have been windhelm that's right 
I, I don't know. I was confused by that whole part. I guess that was, I, and then I keep remembering him as an adult, but I guess this is a flashback. So the local uh, bully was another kid? Yeah, it appears that the book might be a flashback. Okay, because I was going to say, was this the local bully in the way that Guan Yu had killed a local bully and had to flee? And that's what happened in the beginning of the story. That's how he runs into Liu Bei and Zhang Fei. And then I thought, maybe Guan Yu killed a little kid who was a bully. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and no shit, he had to run. Yeah, the authorities are after me. I killed a local bully. Kid was in seventh grade. He was picking on these fifth graders. I couldn't see. Look, I it. mean, if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. <laughs> if you meet a little kid bully, I mean, also kill him. Kill him. Yeah, you have to kill. I'm, I'm pretty. I don't really understand all Eastern religions, but I think that might be part of it. In that era, there probably wasn't a whole lot of, well, you know, bullies probably have a bad home life or whatever. So, like, it's, you know, maybe try to befriend him and see how that goes or something. No, they're probably just like, no, just fucking stab him or something. Also, Zhang Fei is a commoner. Was Guan Yu a commoner? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Only so it's not like he killed that kid and then the dad had to apologize to him or anything. Like <laughs> no. it would have been if it was. <laughs> no, that's why he had to flee. I think. You know, would kill the kid or something. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Only Liu Bei claims tenuous royal ancestry. Yeah, <clears throat> convenient royal ancestry. Yes. Um. And then the last mailbag entry this week, uh, Shannon writes, by the way, congratulations on 50 Star Trek episodes. Aww. And then there's a, quite a gif, quite a gif. A dancing Star Trek guy, guys. The big, big three from TOS in jackets that match their uniform colors. Dan- dancing. That's nice. Well, I'm glad. Uh, it does deserve a celebration. Um, I'm, I got really depressed thinking about episode 51, so I'm going to think about something else now. Well, bless, we don't have to think about it for probably another 40 minutes. Let's, let's, let's just think about something else. That's all that came in um, via Twitter <clears throat> for the mailbag, but we do have another audio contribution. Oh. So let's hear that now. He needs his own intro. Hello again. I saw that obviously I missed out a week of contributing. Uh, on the last mailbag, so I thought I would uh, follow up with something that uh, builds on the excitement that you all clearly felt from the uh, horse court and sheriff's court and everything else, and uh, tell you a little bit about a case that I found very interesting uh, in 2018 uh, in your US Supreme Court. I thought it was one of the most interesting ones that came up, uh, which is a case called Carpenter v. Murphy which is still pending on a decision. And it's particularly interesting because it's to do with um, Indian law, uh, which I've always found one of the more interesting bits about the US because it's really persisted well, and so it has some interesting phrasing. Uh, <laughs> it gets used in it, for example. I assume it's Native American law? Cases, uh, yeah, but like I bet it's called Indian law. Cherokee, but it's not like... So it's not law about Indians from Seminole India. Nations. Um, he just listed five tribes in the statute as the five civilized tribes. That's racist. And basically, uh, this guy uh, who is uh, Murphy, um, he uh, was convicted in Oklahoma State Court of murder and had the death penalty imposed upon him. Uh, however, he is a member of an Indian tribe. Uh, but the crime was committed in Oklahoma. It wasn't committed on uh, tribal lands, which means he's subject to state law normally. However, his lawyer discovered 
that hilariously, only Congress has the power to disestablish uh, Indian reservations. And it turns out that Congress forgot to disestablish an Indian nation, um, an Indian nation that was given to those five uh, civilized tribes. However, that Indian nation is about half of Oklahoma and includes the modern city of uh, Tulsa in it as well. And, the gap and so in. he's arguing, or his lawyer's arguing, that uh, he's actually subject to uh, Indian law uh, and that uh, that could have rather large repercussions because half of a state all of a sudden um, becomes a reservation, uh, having not really been treated that way, and despite the fact that the Congress uh, definitely set aside part of this land for that, uh, but forgot, it seems, to disestablish it when it started expanding out through Oklahoma. Uh, and so if he wins, if he's successful, then um, the court will have no choice but to say yes. Uh, the Senate will have to deal with this, and he would be resubjected to trial by Indian law, um, where he would not face the death penalty, he would likely face a life in prison sentence. Um, however, uh, that also applies to any other Indians who have been incarcerated in the state who committed crimes in that area. Um, and, and also opens up all sorts of other interesting things around, you know, casinos and uh, other jurisdiction around schools and things like that as well. Uh, so it's it's probably one of the biggest impact cases that there is that uh, doesn't get talked about. Um, especially interesting because of the Trump nominations of people like particularly like Gorsuch who are originalists who allegedly really do believe in the text of statutes and original intent and the original intent and the text couldn't be clearer this is Indian land half of Oklahoma is not Oklahoma but instead belongs to the five civilized tribes <clears throat> anyway I thought you might be interested thanks keep up all the good work as always I like how encouraging he is of us in our endeavors here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, uh, he's much more positive than we are about this. I, imagine engaging with this bullshit podcast at all. <laughs> I was going to say, well, my main question from this wasn't about Indian law or Oklahoma outside of this question. What do you suppose, if you're from Scotland, what what conception do you have? Of Oklahoma? Of Oklahoma. Of the state of Oklahoma? <laughs> and then it's particularly when I heard him say Tulsa, <laughs> but like he wasn't sure it was a real place. Was it like... like the city of Tulsa, and as if it were uh, one of the towns in Gondor? That's right. I was like, I mean, uh, also, no matter how little he could think of it, it would almost certainly fall short of expectations if he were to go there, right? Well, it, here's the thing: it didn't sound ironic when he said "city," <laughs> and like, I realized that it is a city. Yes, um, technically, there, I'm city. not disputing it. But no American could say the city of Tulsa no. without letting some irony no, I think what, leak into their voice, I think. What you said probably sums it up best. That, it, that it's really the Gap Bands town. That's the Gap yeah. Bands Tulsa. That, exactly. Tulsa of the Gap Band. Right. So it's not like, it's not, you know, like honestly, when, when I hear Oklahoma, I mostly just think of college football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who is a Sooner, and also what is a Sooner? That's great. Well, they're the they're the big cheaters. The big land rush cheaters are the Sooners. Oh, the state named itself after cheaters, Matthew. <laughs> they didn't have anything else. 
Yeah, all they had was cheating. So they probably named uh, all this stuff before oil was really big there. They would have just called themselves the Oilers. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, what else do they have? It's, it's just oil, right? It's just oil. Yeah. It's just oil and land that became infertile in the 30s. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, Dust Bowl time. So I think they should have yeah. renamed themselves the Dusties. The Dusties. <laughs> um. Yeah, the reason no one talks about it is because nobody cares what happens to the Native Americans because I think everyone's pretty sure they're all dead. And also nobody not in Oklahoma would give a shit if for some reason the most surprising possible thing happened and the Supreme Court said, yeah, it's an Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. Everyone would go, all right. That's right. So are they going to do daylight savings time or what's the deal? I mean, Oklahoma already has... um the most reservation territory anyway so it's like i don't, I don't think be, i don't think it'll be a big deal well it used to be i don't know who i'm telling this to because uh, clearly body's read enough about it that he probably knows this used to just be indian territory yeah. right yeah now we can say stuff like that as chippewa indians <sighs> first of all i wish you would say ojibwe i'm sorry as ojibwe indians second of all i don't remember whether that's uh an exonym or not it might not be what they call themselves. Not even Ojibwe? It might not be. Aye. It might be, you know, that's what the Creek called them or something. I go. No, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, the Listening to the description of this case reminded me of, Matt, are you familiar with Sovereign Citizens? Um, no. Oh, you're going to love looking into these guys. They are a group of crazies. Oh who have worked out a real complicated universe of Yahweh style system. Oh, good, 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 good. By which they, by which all persons to you today because of specific language in the 14th amendment and some other laws, all persons are technically there's the, the actual person. And then there's a weird legal entity and the laws of the United States only apply to the weird legal entity, which is their name spelled in all capital letters. And there's a secret government account that tracks the value of each legal person. Whoa. And so they, like, instead of paying their taxes, they just write, like, accepted in exchange for services rendered or something on them. Ooh. And then they go to jail. Uh, but they make these crazy arguments in court. Another thing that they believe is that all U.S. courts are technically maritime law, and therefore they have no jurisdiction. Whoa. <laughs> they don't register their cars because they, and then they, when they get pulled over, they tell the police that they're not driving, they're traveling. Wow. It is an endless wormhole of craziness, and there are, for instance, I think there's a whole subreddit where you just see, like, um film they all film their encounters with cops and you just hear them spout this nonsense and then inevitably just get arrested <laughs> that's right it turns out it doesn't none do of any these good. guys has they have all of these tricks essentially like in news radio when jimmy james just says tubal cane mm -hmm. and they have to go and, and paddle the each other kid off. has to give him back all his garbage mm -hmm. uh they 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 publish all these tricks on the internet for how to get out of all of your cases and they the, but these guys have never won a case <laughs> But, but new idiots are born every day, and they dig into this. So, A, check out the Sovereign Citizen Movement. Okay. It is hilarious. All right, I will do that. That sounds fascinating. And it, it sounds a lot like the argument that this guy's lawyer made. This guy's lawyer like, sounds like one of the fancy TV lawyers who, like, finds an obscure thing. I didn't think yeah, lawyers like, did that much work. 
whoops, somebody did a whoopsie a hundred years ago. Yeah. Because of that, the spirit of the law doesn't apply here. Or, you know, like, ooh, I found I found the I found the one crazy loophole. And it's just like in every single case, and I assume this will happen in the Supreme Court too, they'll just go, nah, everybody knows what was supposed to happen. Yeah, we're gonna go, nope, sorry, Oklahoma's still Oklahoma. We're sorry about it too. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. But you know what uh, I mean? Like as, on TV. I mean, as as Barry points out, the uh, Supreme Court has been stacked with uh, weirdos right now. So yeah. it is and like yeah, anything is possible to some degree. But obviously, it would be huge. Yeah. That one was even louder. It's the same guy. He's just doing laughs, oh, I guess. Sweet. Okay, cool. Um, uh, okay, so I will definitely look into that because it's fascinating. But you know what I mean, right? Like in a TV show, there would be a guy who was innocent and he'd be desperate and he'd have just the right lawyer. Maybe he'd have the Lincoln lawyer. That's yeah. a reference to the movie The Lincoln Lawyer, starring yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, sure. Um, I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I saw it on uh, on the cruise ship for your oh, man. your honeymoon. It was they only played like four movies. <laughs> so so I just oh, so watched why did you one. watch The Lincoln Lawyer? Just, we watched Columbiana. I watched parts of The Lincoln Lawyer like nineteen times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then like the lawyer and, would and by the way, this. you and Marjan did way more cruise activities than we yeah, did. Yeah, we did a ton. We did a you shit saw ton. turtles and shit. But like it was either that or watch over and over again um, some pieces of um, Wait a minute, Jesus Christ Superstar was on as well. So we. Marjan's got to love Jesus Christ Superstar, oh, right? The parts that we watched, she loved very much, but I kept turning it to the Lincoln Lawyer. Um, anyway. Uh, That's just my guess based on everything I know about Marjan. The, just, the guy would be desperate and he'd be innocent and then his lawyer would uncover this real dumb thing that happened in the 1800s or whatever. And then that would be the, that'd be the game. Another... Um, Another great resource that I think you and, and Barry should check out is there's a blog called Lowering the Bar. Okay. That is a legal blog is this, that covers is this like, some of the craziest and dumbest court cases. Is this like that medical journal, the um, the one that uh, that goes over all the retractions, all the medical uh, paper retractions? Oh, uh, it's not retractions. Yeah, I mean, yes, in that it's a blog that I read. There, there you go, yes. But Retraction Watch is more than just medical. Oh, okay. It's all scientific misconduct. The medical ones are fascinating. And guys, there's a lot of it. The medical ones are great. I'll never forget, I mean, the one about the bullet that entered through the guy's butthole. <laughs> According to the the investigator or whatever. It was like, wait, does that guy think that's possible? That you could shoot someone right up the butthole and the bullet travels up the into the inside of the person? <laughs> like... Does he think that happened? He thinks that happened. Like it's going to turn corners and go all through the intestines <laughs> yeah, and stuff. I couldn't believe that. Listen, what if someone shot a bullet right at your butthole and you farted at the exact <laughs> right moment? And just slowed know, look, it down a little bit and just guided it through. The human butthole mm -hmm. has many attractive properties. Oh, just yes. ask the horn of any bull. <laughs> Have you ever seen a gif or video from a bullfight where it's not a bull's horn going right up yeah, somebody's butt? That's true. It does. It kind of finds that little aperture and then kind of makes its own space up mm -hmm. there. Okay, fifty percent of bull videos are uh, actually just a bull takes down someone's pants and they have to run <laughs> and jump over the fence with no pants. 
Uh, I don't know. I've seen a fair number of them where it's the bull jumping the fence and then all the idiot spectators trying to <laughs> yeah, f- boy, freaking it, out. Doesn't it seem like in the last three or four years, bulls figured out how to jump that fucking fence? Yeah. Because now well, that's all I see. For, I think they've accidentally bred that part into the next generation of bulls. They all know how to do that now. Like they bred, they bred some of the traditional Spanish bullfighting bulls with some kind of PBR rodeo bulls <laughs> who have been bred to buck and jump. That's right. Whoops. And they're just like, oh, we brought some to Europe and started. Br- oh no, yeah, they studded the wrong bull on that. The wrong, oh no, the wrong steer came in. Uh, I don't know. I always root for the bull. Oh yeah, no, for sure. That's what I mean. That's why it's so great when they get into the stands and everyone's like, "Wait a minute, I'm in danger." It's like, oh, yep. This, I was supposed to watch an animal die. I thought they were just going to stab it six or seven times while I watched. Uh, anyway, yeah, lowering the bar is a strong recommendation for me. Okay. <clears throat> that is the close of the mailbag. It was a pretty good mailbag. Good job, everybody. Strong showing. We, ha- we have um, more Mountain Goats Project to get to in yeah. a little bit, but I, uh, after <clears throat> a year of harassment, you and Marjan finally started watching Kentaro the Sweet Tooth Salary Man. Okay, so first when I described the show to her, she was like, I don't really understand the appeal of that. And to be honest, I kind of didn't because the stakes are nothing. There's no stakes. Yeah, the stakes This guy are... is going to get caught playing hooky from his job. Yeah, like, uh, so it's just like, hmm, I wonder what this show could be. Like, how could it be? If it's not about anything, what is it? Then we watched, like, when you... you like mouse over it or whatever and it shows you the <laughs> <Yes>. preview video <laughs> netflix will play a preview for and you. there was a lot of his eyes rolling back in his head and going to orgasmic sweets dreamland and marjan declared that she wasn't old enough she wasn't <laughs> old enough to see the show because it was <laughs> way too pervy and i did not and disagree i believe with you her. told me that and i said well she's not <laughs> I, I did not disagree with her and i did not blame her because it seemed pervy in all the wrong japanese ways and, um, but we ran out of shows and we were particularly looking for something short that we could kind of watch one here or there and not get sucked into a full hour or hour. Some of these Korean dramas are like an hour and a half long. Right. And, and Kentaro's a half an hour long and there's only 12 of them. Right. So we were like, all right, this should be, if it's, even if it's not good, it'll be easy. Um, we did enjoy it a lot more than we were afraid of, though we, all the things we were worried about did come to pass. Uh, even and even worse, I believe. Yes, things that even I was not prepared for, <laughs> and I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I took a Japanese pop culture class. I went to college. <laughs> I mean, I should have started. You know about you know about Mary. <laughs> I should have started there. I should have said I went to college. <laughs> I went to college, and um, so I I know a little bit about the Japanese and their culture frightens me, and it's uh, uh, as much as I think it would be cool to go to Tokyo. And see all that stuff, and eat the food and everything. I'm sort of afraid of Japanese culture because they're weirder than anybody. Like they, they're they're intensely weird. They appear to becoming they're like the only people on the planet who are becoming more like themselves. Everyone else is kind of becoming more like everyone. There's like a lot of uh, globalization, especially in culture. Yeah, but the Japanese seem to becoming they they're becoming more Japanese. And I mean that in that specific weird cultural way. Anyway, so this guy does have a lot of trips to the orgasmic sweets fantasy land. Yeah, he basically has one an episode, although I think there's one episode where he does a couple. There's a lot of his eyes rolling back in his head and him whining as his orgasm approaches. 
Also, he gets hosed down with syrups and things quite. Sometimes a bit. he's shirtless, getting getting dumped, getting syrup dumped over him, or he's. Sometimes his fantasies get a little dark and weird. Like they, yeah. the first several fantasies are are sort of jolly, or most of the first, yes. but then eventually they start to kind of take a weird left t- turn where he's like cheating on one sweets with another sweets. Oh, that was the weirdest one, huh? And they had a confrontation. The almond tofu versus... Uh, um, what did he really want to eat that He wanted night? to eat that pudding, I think. Oh, yeah, which is basically a flan, right? Yeah, he wanted to eat that flan. And, yeah, and so he's cheating on one, and the other one walks in on him, and he has to... But also, it's out. the 70s, maybe? It's also his hair and the attire and the decor of the place definitely made it seem like it was a bygone era, and... Yeah. And it looked kind of hot and sweaty in there, and uh, then he, in the end, he declares that he, he's he been eating parts of this girl's head, and now um, it's his responsibility to her that will keep him That's with right. her. That's right. That is correct. Because he's impregnated her. And then the last one, he's like uh, in a hospital and he's comatose or something as as a, a chestnut. His head is a chestnut. Chestnut, chestnut head guy. And, and it's, he's going to shuck the spiky outer part <laughs> and reveal his new sweetness. Yeah. So they're not all like jolly fantasies. Some of them are weird fantasies. I mean, there's a fair amount of tap dancing. Oh, there's a lot of dancing. A ton of dancing yeah. in his fantasies. Tap and otherwise. Um... But then there are also some moments where even as weird as I know the Japanese are, it got me a little bit. Like there's one I will say that twice you sent me a text telling me I was an asshole <laughs> for not warning you about things that happened in the show. There was one where he was babysitting his boss's kid and he was kinda being creepy with the kid a lot of the time, but it's he's generally creepy, so I was just like, Well, he's just nothing's gonna happen here. But I was making a lot of jokes in the room. <laughs> about how he was going to molest this kid. Now this kid better watch out, and all, he's going to have an orgasm in front of him or whatever. But then he like he's really creepy, and he's like right behind the kid, and he talks about how he 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 took the kid's sweets or uh, sweets virginity. He took the kid's sweets virginity he and introduced him to the world of mature sweets. Yeah, and he took his sweets virginity. He said it. He did say it, and he I, leans in real close, and also. <laughs> He does tell the kid to keep it a secret. That's right. And I collapsed on the couch and I went, no, no, though. Even though I had been making all the jokes about how he was definitely going to molest that kid. And uh, so that got me. And then there's one where his mom comes to stay with him and she's a real weirdo. And it turns out she messed him up because she was a dentist and she wouldn't ever let him have sweets ever, even if there was a fire. And... um she falls asleep. He tries to get her to go to sleep so he can eat sweets, but yeah, I didn't... a chamomile tea and lights a candle and shit. I didn't realize that meant he was going to eat them right in front of her while she slept, and then he I... pulls these eclairs. She interrupted his eclairs. I definitely didn't realize he was going to creep onto the couch next to her sleeping body and, like, kind of crouch over her. And eat them right in her face. And eat them, like, with his face almost touching her face and do all the weird eye-rolling and perviness while he did it, and then the yeah. mom wouldn't stop sweating and moaning the whole time. And I was like, good God, like, what's going on here, Japan? It's the, like, it's the best show that's ever been on TV. <laughs> you got a lot of growing up to do, Japan. <laughs> it's not okay what you're doing. You shouldn't show a guy molesting his mom. It's not, I don't know why you want to see it even. When he pulls that first bean paste item out and dangles it in front of the kid's mouth. Mm-hmm. And then turns and puts it in his mouth. He gives that kid an amazing look. Oh, so the guy is a great face actor. You mentioned that he used to do 
he was a kabuki actor kabuki before theater. He, he did this yeah and he he does face work in this show that is unbelievable and it's the same when he's aggressively eating those eclairs in his mom's face oh, he has such a look of hate such <laughs> yes. an amazing spite eating eclairs look on his face it's the best thing i've ever seen guys everyone who listens to this show well i guess except for ryan has kids <laughs> don't watch this with your kids yeah, no, 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 in no, no, the yeah. room it is overtly sexual in everything that happens it. like it's just about eating dessert but it is very sexual twice his co-worker tries to trick him yeah into revealing that he is the author of you know a sweets blog i'm a blog yeah the sweets blog yep and in both in both cases, she has a fantasy where it seems like he's maybe going to rape her at work as punishment for what she's doing. And she's way into it. That is her exact fantasy. She wants the first to get time. It. it was not a hundred percent clear whose fantasy it was. Yes. The second time, it's it's clear that it's definitely hers, and she asks to be punished. In the moment, I wasn't sure whose it is. I think by the end of that episode, I decided it was probably her fantasy. It's hers. Uh, yeah. And then she has another one later. Yeah, she is yeah, also yeah. messed up for reasons that are not explained. Um. So, it, it crossed lines. I wish it had not crossed. But overall, I would say it was 12 pretty entertaining episodes. I, I was telling Marjan, and I think I told you earlier too, I think that guy should get all the acting awards. Because he has oh, yeah. the hardest job an actor has ever had. He has to orgasm on screen, like, every fucking 19 minutes. And he has to, like, fucking big dog that little kid and say weird shit to him and he has to do what essentially was a, a grudge fuck of his mom and it, it's i mean everything about it is so baffling everything he does is baffling and uh, the guy somehow is able to like get through those scenes he pulls so. it off there's not a scene where you ever think this character is not real or like this guy this insane. guy doesn't buy it this actor doesn't buy this yeah or the yeah, exactly he's not he's not bought in on the premise yeah, no, no this guy was all the time uh i like the boss a lot the boss is really good in the show um you're supposed to think he's like a hard-ass sales boss in the beginning japanese corporate culture whatever um but he gets he gets pretty good treatment throughout the show. You get to see him going out and wanting to be Kentaro's best friend and trying to mentor the lady and all kinds of stuff where you get to see um, this this actor also does a really good job. You get to see this guy being silly too, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I overall I liked it, um, but I am scarred a little bit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Did you want to, at any point, do you want to live in a world where the manager of a local bookstore knows a high school baseball star's name? Yeah. That was something, huh? <clears throat> yeah, that guy got that job because he was the cleanup hitter for whatever high school. Yeah. And then Kentaro blows up at him. But it's okay, he learns a lesson from it. He tells him to go to hell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because he... he... I'm sorry, he tells him to please go to hell. Please go to hell. Man. And then he does a monologue about now that he sent him to hell, <laughs> he, can, he can learn how to be a good sales... I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Um, the guy learns how to be a good salesman. It was nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and his uh, rival is the exercise demon. That's, That's right. That exercising guy who in one of the fantasies is a demon he has to compete against. Yep. By doing squats. The exercise guy who tries to blow up his spot, but too late. Kentaro is a is a genius that Dexter never was. 
That's right. Like Dexter was really bad at not getting caught. He would tell uh, everyone. Dexter he gets met. caught every fifth episode. He'd tell everybody he met he was a serial killer. I couldn't believe it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kentaro, way smarter. He already had video of this guy uh, cutting out of work to do uh, go to the gym and, and exercise and shit. So. And then that guy fell asleep during his own author during his own book signing because he and that was not a, that wasn't on Kentaro at all. Many of the characters in the show go into trances, yes. and don't come out of them for many hours. It happens yeah, the to the boss, boss. The boss closed out that. Um, <laughs> what was what was it that time? Uh, that was the one where he and the and something. That was the one where he and the the girl went. Is when he trances. Yeah. Um, it's always sweet beans and something. Yeah, the, for many people it is sweets that to give them uh, a trance. For this guy, it was imagining beating Kentaro. Yep. Put him into a trance. Uh, yeah, and it posits a world where people at a restaurant will just leave you there in a trance as they close the restaurant, and you'll just wake up hours after it's closed. They're just too polite to say anything. By the way, there's a couple of times in this when uh, outsiders, other people in the restaurant, notice that Kentaro is having an orgasm. Yeah. Uh, it's really happening. So it's really happening in the real world. That's right. Um, the other big piece of media that uh, has has been uh happening to us uh, the last few days is ace combat yeah that came out on friday combat we're back in strange reel that's right where i need to be this really is a true successor to ace combats four five and zero the holy trinity of ace combats um you are far you finished the campaign so i don't know i'm like halfway through the campaign it is exactly like the other ace combats the story is baffling and stupid Yep. The voice acting is criminal. <laughs> and you get to go up there and fire 500 missiles and sh- and shoot down like 100 different jets or ground targets it's or whatever. It's voice direction, right? I mean, I, ass- I always assume that they are being told to do it that way because that's the way it sounds right to Japanese ears. I mean, I could be. I don't think that whoever's in charge of the localization is approaching this from a Western point of view because you would not do any of the things they do. None of those choices would be made. Like a guy just saying this sentence fragment. Are you ready? Okay. Many injured. <laughs> yeah. That would never happen in a game where like uh, an American was trying to get it done so that it would sound good to Americans. Yeah, that's true. That's in Mission uh, 1. I replayed it yesterday or whatever. And straight up in the briefing, they're like, they're getting attacked during your mission briefing. And you just hear one guy go, many injured. Like Lord Menghuo, bad news. It's got all of the Ace Combat trademarks. Yeah. There's a bunch of different point of view characters, none of whom is you. That's right. Yep. You're uh, just a quiet nobody. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. Um, there's uh, a lot of weird twists and turns. Yeah. Everyone is the bad guy. And um, also you are you get double, triple crossed like every three missions. I just did a mission the other day where I used a super weapon from an old game to shoot down the new super weapon. <laughs> so you did the Stonehenge one. That's right. Hey, Stonehenge is an iconic character. I guess so. That giant it's gun. a bunch of cannons, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm enjoying my playthrough. I will say this is a much harder version of the same game. It's extremely hard, and it's not helped by the fact that I picked a harder difficulty level than you did. It's hard not for, like, um, the reason I don't think it's as good as 4 or 5 uh, or 0 is because it's not hard in a cool way. It's hard, like, look how many more things we can fit on the screen than we used to be able to fit. Yeah. And, but we're not going to give you any more time. Boy, every time there's a swarm of those fucking drones, the the big uh, 
Well, there's a big sinister undercurrent here about drones and hacking and stuff like that. Yeah, that's uh, when you take uh, human you take humanity out of war. War loses its humanity. <laughs> something. I haven't done the mission where I'm sure they actually say that. Out I'm loud. sure that yes, I'm sure that something like that is actually said by a character. But through your fucking definitely... microphone while you're like uh, flying through a little tunnel or something. It could even be one of those things where the mission is over, but you suddenly hear snippets of the enemy radio broadcast. <laughs> That's right. And then someone says something like yeah, that. Yeah, on the local news or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it ends, uh, spoiler alert, with a mission where you fly through a tunnel, dodging stuff. That every, sounds ex- exactly correct. Every single Ace Combat ends with you flying through a tunnel doing a fucking uh, Star Wars or whatever when he's flying through that trench. That's every single Ace Combat ending, and it is true in this one as well. As usual, there's no explanation for why you're in this weird made-up world, but you're flying an F-16. Yes, yeah, it's a mix of uh, real and fake. Even the shapes of the countries are real countries, just like turned around while weird. Yep, yep, like, definitely. Yeah, that's Greenland. I, I know Greenland. I, I remember what it looks like, and I, that's also definitely Italy, but okay. <laughs> so uh, would you say that it's everything you want or everything you expect? I know you have some disappointment in the multiplayer. Oh, yeah, I don't even... <laughs> but also, you didn't really think the multiplayer would be good. I never thought the multiplayer would be anything. If you're playing against other humans, exactly what I saw happen when I played it is what I thought would happen, where you and another human are too good at avoiding being shot for anyone to shoot anybody. All you do yeah. is fly around in loops, shooting missiles that don't hit anything, and then the mission ends. How many planes during your entire campaign did you shoot down with your cannon? Oh, uh, a lot because I unlocked a thing that let me, um, kind of lock on with it. Oh shit. There's a thing where it gets some directional aid toward your reticle or whatever, or like toward a target you have, um, uh, locked onto. And, uh, so I, by the end I was shooting a lot of dudes down with cannons. It doesn't work against oh, okay. the, some of the more agile opponents cause they're never in your reticle long enough for it to matter. But yeah, I don't have that yet. So I'm at like two. Okay. Like maybe two total plays. So you're learning from this exactly what they learned when they built the F before they built the F four. And they're like just cut cut that shit Don't out. Don't need guns. Missile, missiles are gonna be it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you I use it a lot because I I love that uh, little attachment. Because the cannon's actually pretty I think it's stronger than the missiles. I don't have to put many bullets on people to put them down. In normal, it takes two missiles to put someone down, and I would say it probably takes a full second and a half of cannon fire hmm. of concentrated cannon fire to down a plane weird so yeah it's not a great trade-off it takes two missiles in uh easy too but i don't think the cannon takes that long like you definitely can't just pop up and squirt the gun and dread down someone you'll just get a hit marker yeah uh by the way there's a giant enemy airborne fortress like there is in every yeah. game i already dr- i already downed one of those yeah. again well there's using you have to down another one later, but you're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way where you fly up close and it has, like, 19 missile launchers, a laser, and guns. So, <laughs> yep. you know. Oh, also, it's an aircraft carrier, so. <laughs> yeah, and drones will be shot, shooting out of it. it and uh, has its own carrier. And those drones, they like to shoot. It's going to be a real pain. In, that mission was a pain in the ass. Uh, at the end, you're f- trying to fly up under it to shoot targets that are on, on the underside of it, and that was a real oh, fucking fuck hassle. Because it yeah. flies real slow, too. So Yeah, because all that shit on the back, you definitely are going to want to use, like, uh, just using... 8 a.m. on your f-14 or something <laughs> right, yeah. something that can from hit distance. eight targets at once yeah. yeah uh yeah so it has all of the it's i mean it is exactly ace combat i think they tried to stray away from it the last couple of games that came out which now were many years ago and i think they got so much negative feedback that they just went yeah let's just let's just put out ace combat that seems can you imagine like want. people are just like 
Oh, wait, nah, dog. I'm into Strange Reel. I want Strange Reel. Please don't take that away. The Belkins nuked seven of their cities. I'm fucking into it's it. It's a rich universe. I am hard to find out what the new super weapon is. Dude, I remember the names of all like the corporations in the game and everything. They're like, Grunder Industries. And I was like, I know those guys. Yeah. I know them well. Uh, at one point, the lady who's narrating one of the bad story bits is like, have you ever met a Belkin? Well, they love to stir up trouble. And I was like, yeah, they fucking do. Those fucking Belkins. They're shifty. Yeah. So, yeah, I, shifty. I'd say it's uh, exactly what I was looking for. Uh, you get the you get 100 missiles or more. You get special weapons and you just go up and you shoot down entirely too many things. Oh, hang on. Strange real patch store. <laughs> You're looking for patches? Dog, would you not wear a GOM patch? <laughs> GOM squadron. Not to be confused with Gollum squadron from this game. That's a different What about Rosgris? Would oh, you wear a Rosgris squadron for patch? For sure was one of the demons of Rosgris. War dog. Yeah. Sorcerer, wizard, Mobius squadron, of yeah, course. Yeah, Mobius 1. That guy's fucking legit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it doesn't me. look like they have any from uh, 7 yet. Okay, well, they'll get around to it. Uh, K. Nagase comes back in the last mission. from um, For real? Ace Combat 5? 4? 5? I don't remember. One of them. So, yeah, dude, they, they know what the people wanted some, some old school Ace Combat. That's what they got. Ustio 6th Air Division. Sure. Yeah. From that war, whatever that one was called. The Circum-Pacific War, maybe. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> Yeah, okay, cool. Well, I know what you're getting for every birthday now. <laughs> like I said, it's a rich universe. High world building score from Ace Combat. Just it's entirely general. like, the cutscenes are so, te- I mean, they're so terrible. Oh, God, remember that one where everything was a story about the Yellow Squadron, Yellow 13 and all that? From a, like a, uh-huh. the, kid was a, the guy was a little boy. Yes. And he befriended the, the, the Yellow Squadron and he was so mad when Mobius 1 shot him down. Uh, now, was that worse to you than... Uh, then this story here in Ace Combat 7 where the lady and her grandfather build a supersonic jet out of scrap. <laughs> also, it's an F-104. she flies it up and gets arrested for it. It is an F-104. It's, she built she, an F-104 on spec. She, she flies it up there and gets arrested and spends the rest of the war in a jail making planes work. Oh, she doesn't spend the rest of the war there. Well, okay, she's already transferred, but we haven't met up with her again yeah, yet. Yeah, it keeps going, believe me. She makes her way into the actual missions and shit. Um, I um I liked that old story better actually because there was only one voice actor. That's right. He, well, he wasn't good, but it was just him. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. whole crew of bad voice actors. Anyway, I'm still excited. I, I have to finish it. Yeah. I'm still excited to find out whether or not I killed the president. <laughs> so, you know, pretty good game. <laughs> it's true. It's great when you, as the main character, don't really know whether you killed the president. Like that, I. They said I killed uh, him. Do you think I killed him? Well, so I don't know how like, it played maybe. out for you, but for me, the cutscene definitely triggered right after I fired a missile. Me too, and it was definitely when it was at specifically aimed at a guy who was tracking Harlan. So yes. I think there is an enemy that it is tagged to, but I think the mission probably won't go on unless you like shoot that guy, or like he'll shoot down Harlan and the mission will fail or something, is what right. I think. Yeah. So like you so have to shoot at that guy. It is meant to be suspenseful whether you killed him or not. Because I also shot a missile right in that direction and then he died and I went, oh god, I think I killed the president. It's not suspenseful <laughs> at all whether you intended to kill him or not because <laughs> I know that I didn't. Well, I mean, I thought about it. 
<laughs> okay. Why he shouldn't have been going back there? Yeah. As soon as he turned time. around and went right back to that space elevator, I went. Well, we were trying okay, to save not, you, you, dick. No one who uh, no one who listens to this podcast is going to watch Kantaro, and no one who listens to this podcast is going to play Ace Combat Seven. That's all right. It's this podcast just for us, and these recommendations are also just for us who've already done the things that, that we are recommending. Ooh. Let's complete the trifecta of things no one on this podcast cares about by dipping right back into this Mountain Goats bracket. Let's do it. Where did we leave off? We did the first two pieces. Mountain Goats bracket. It's not scientific. Yes, we had done the blue and green divisions. Yeah. We're still in round one. Yes, that's right. We did the first 16 of this 32 song bracket. Now we're going to do the back half. We're going to jump into the red division now where the top seed is from the autobi- autobiography division. All right. <clears throat> uh, so the first matchup, we have Palm Quarter Yajna from We Shall All Be Healed uh. against Fire Editorial from Beat the Champ. Beat the Champ is an album about wrestling. I um. <clears throat> When I was writing my notes, I had it down as Palm, uh, palm Quarter y- Yanja. I just transcribed it bad. And then I was okay. like, wow. I was like, what's a Yanja? But I also don't know what a Yajna is. Well, well you and me both, buddy. <laughs> I've had this. Uh, this is an album from 2004. I bought it in 2004. I've never looked it up. Okay. Um, so. 15 years. Um, all right. So this was a one versus an eight theoretically uh yes this was an upset though yeah i thought it was when when uh, you revealed that you had some upsets and i looked them over and then i listened to fire editorial yeah. based on everything i knew about you from last week i figured oh this one's an upset yeah to me on the palm quarter one uh the bridge was the most interesting part of it and i'm guessing yes. it's because of that one piano note being played over and over again <laughs> in the background <laughs> that's what you like i mean i'd prefer more more you could hit more of those keys if you wanted but um it was more than nothing and so to me that was i was like oh, okay all right maybe we're sort of getting somewhere but um no yeah it was fire editorial uh the opening reminded me of king of casino for the turbo graphic 16 which is fun for nostalgia reasons um okay i can see that then it kind of takes on some different tempo and it's uh kind of unconventional in the rhythm and the progressions and even though I wasn't like a hundred percent sold on it, it was considerably more interesting to me than uh, than Palm Quarter Yajna. Also, I can say Fire Editorial, and I'm confident I I said the words right. Um, and I do have a clip that I can play from uh, Fire Editorial. Yeah, let's hear it. Check their guns Real tears when it's over Smell the sulfur when the dark vault splits Lord of the hidden pocket knife Tawdry dreams all come to life Save yourself Save this town, save everything not nailed down.
So uh, you can see there's kind of a lot going on there. Um, Yeah. And that's, if you remember last time, that's usually what I'm looking for because maybe after I get into an artist, I'll go through and some of these other songs that aren't initially interesting would become interesting over repeat listens, especially if you're listening to like a full album or something and you're just going to listen to everything all the way through a few times. But since this is my first time listening to all these, it's just whatever's going to jump off the or jump out of the headphones first. So, so, so at this point you have unseated my overall number one. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, also for a little bit of fun, sometime check out the Yelp reviews for the Pomona travel lodge. Okay. The song Palm Quarter Yajna starts out Holt Boulevard between Gary and white uh, hooked up some friends at the travel lodge. Uh, it is mostly one star reviews. But there are a bunch of five-star reviews that are just people quoting the Mountain Goats lyrics about the song. That's nice. Well, there. See, they're getting a little bump. And there's one guy who's confused about how this place has a four-star rating. (laughs) He went to the wrong fucking travel lodge. Yep. He happened to go to the one that is mentioned specifically in a Mountain Goats song. Uh, I would guess that Mountain Goats fans are probably pretty um, meme-y. Like, uh, good at the web the web memes and things. Yeah, you'd have to be to find anything about the mountain goats. Yeah, so that's so, uh, so they're especially suited, I think, for something like that. Some... Uh, they probably also know better than to stay there because yeah. it's a song about a bunch of people uh, doing meth in a hotel room, and the hotel room sucks in the song. <laughs> um, it's an exemplar of a shitty hotel. The next matchup we have is uh, Psalms 42 versus You or Your Memory. Hmm. Uh, Psalms 42. Um, this one rocked okay. It was kind of fuzzed out, which I like. Um, you or Your Memory, uh, it was a track one, which I took note of when it happened because of our previous playlists. Not a rocker. I couldn't stop no. hearing Baby Aspirin and Bartles and James, and it started to bother me after a while. <laughs> yes. Like, I think I told you earlier. I'm... The course of the song is St. Joseph's Baby Aspirin, yes. Bartles and James, and you or your memory. I um, I told you earlier, I'm, I'm trying not to listen to the lyrics because I know they'll bother me. I'm trying to give everything a fair <laughs> shot. So I'm just trying to focus on the music. And I'm listening to his voice, but only for the instrumentation of it. What does his voice sound like and stuff like that? Um, I don't want to hear the words. So if there's a refrain, I'm going to hear the refrain because they're going to repeat it over and over again. So it has to be kind of innocuous. And that one was not. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was Psalms uh, 42 because it, it was a little bit, it, it was kind of rocking. Um, by the way, the second, second song on this, uh, in this, that begins by describing a specific hotel room. Oh, it's less specific. He just checks into a bargain price room on La Cienega. Oh, okay. So people had to do the research on that one. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure someone has a theory about which room it is. Sort of like Ice Cube's which day was Ice Cube's good day. <laughs> Where but everyone's done all the uh, the legwork on that. Yeah. Well, let's see. The Lakers beat the Supersonics. Okay. And this album was recorded here, so it probably happened in a couple of years before that. And um, I, got, I have a clip for uh, Psalms 42. Let's hear it. He has fixed his you may be right about the things. He has raised me from the pit and set me high. Each morning new. So again, the bridge. 
Um, I think what I wanted to show with that clip was how useful it is to have, like, such as a drums in the song. Yeah. Because you get a lot of energy, um, and uh, it, it was drumming in some different times there. It, like, it kept changing, and that was pretty cool. And so, you know, he should keep a drummer around, is what I'm saying. Now, in the bottom half of this bracket, we have the lo-fi songs yeah, coming up against the deep indie songs. So I'm guessing this was more of a slog for you. Well, okay. So no, I we have no, I can't versus source decay. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, this is another one that definitely sounds like a demo tape. And although I like the progressions, I hated the lyrics and I wish this was re-recorded with some other instruments joining in. Um, However, Source Decay, I found demo-y, but in a less interesting way. I see. So for me, it was it was no, I can't. Um, I'll play. Uh, I'll play. I guess what I thought was the best part of that. Bought me some candy, and you bought me some flowers, and you bought me. So, so it's the it's the chord change in the second half, right? Yeah, I like that the first bit and the second bit are have different progressions, but they they fit together too. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but I imagine when I imagine this guy and some of these ones that are uh, recorded a little bit worse, I imagine him in a bathrobe. But I know that wouldn't be a good way to do it. So I don't think he's in a bathrobe, but that's what <laughs> I on, imagine. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? I, I just feel like they're kind of, they're long and bulky. I feel like they, you wouldn't be very dexterous in one. I wouldn't record a also, song Also, like the back of, of a wooden guitar would slip all around on a plush bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, that's uh, a good point. I don't think it would be the best choice, but that's what I imagine when I hear it. Maybe it's because I imagine that's what somebody, for the movies told me, that's what somebody looks like when they're like unemployed. And they're not, yes. they're not trying to do a thing. So to you, these early demos are like when uh, Ben Wyatt is unemployed and he's doing his <laughs> stop, stop motion. motion. Yes, exactly right. In Parks and Rec. Yeah. Except I know how hard he worked on that to get those six That's seconds true. or whatever. Uh, uh, and the last one in the bracket, unless you have something else you want to say about those. No, I was, I was just going to say it's no, I can't. It is uh, New Britain from Full Force Galesburg versus Song for an Old Friend from Bitter Melon Farm. Um, so there was one in the first bracket that I pointed out as being the worst of the winners. Uh, I think it was Isaiah 4523. This, uh, you sh- you sh- yeah, unless it was Chanson de Bon Shows, but I think you liked the weird chord progression in that one. Yeah, I think the the in this part of the bracket, the worst winner is um, uh, Song for an Old Friend. Uh, New Britain, that's a track one. Um, 
Uh, to That's me, the one that starts, uh, you've had it up to here with my West Country talk. Yeah, to me, he doesn't really have the pipes to support what's happening in it. And it was of an even worse recording quality than most at this point. <laughs> and Song for an Old Friend, I didn't find there was a ton happening, but it was better than the other one. And it, it was short and sweet, like it got in and out. It yes. didn't drag. Um, and I don't even mean that in a dick way. I just mean like I appreciated the song structure. So that was the winner. I didn't bother to pick a clip because I don't think it's going to go very far. But Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Although it's up against No, I Can't. So yeah, <laughs> for, the, for the next round. Yeah, no, I, um, I can. It's not going to be much of a spoiler. No, I Can't is, is probably going to win in the next round. Um, moving. Okay, moving on to the yellow division now. Yeah, so we have uh, Damn These we have, Vampires. Uh, Damn These Vampires from All Eternals Deck mm-hmm. versus Seed Song. I'm guessing you loved the sound quality on Seed Song. <laughs> I, I do have it in here. Back to Lo-Fi. Um, it was so distorted by the bad recording that it has some weird audio artifacts reminiscent of the music from Final Lap Twin. <laughs> and then I wanted to listen to Final Lap Twin music. So I, yeah, well, sure. I, I took a break from this project and I did that for a while. I listened to a lot of Final Lap Twin music and that was good stuff. Um, this one wasn't actually very bad, but it had some obvious disadvantages that I, I didn't think it overcame. Um, Damn These Vampires, that's a track one. Um, with better arrangement and more instruments, I was not annoyed and his singing was less angry as well. And it was a better recording quality. So to me, this was kind of a no brainer. Um, and I do have a clip. This is my overall number two, by the way. Okay. Where the turbines hiss. Someday we won't remember this. Crawl till dawn. On my hands and knees. That was like, that's a palette that I can get down with. Sure. Yeah. If this had been a magnetic field song, it would have been about actual vampires instead of about heroin. Right. But yes. How many different of the those good drugs does he sing about? I think he did all of them. Okay. <laughs> I didn't sing too much about weed as far as I know, honestly. Yeah, he probably doesn't even consider that a like a real... It's probably not even really a drug for yeah, him. Yeah, nothing. Um, I could see that one going far. We'll see how the whole thing shakes out, but, uh, I like that one. Uh, coming up next, we have Please Come Home to Hamengarten. Okay. Off of Ghana versus Lakeside View Apartment Suite from Transcendental Youth. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really moved in either direction by Please Come Home to Hamengarten. Um... Lakeside View Apartment Suite felt very Ben Folds. 
It's a little Ben Foldsy. Which is to say, it didn't necessarily speak to me, but like also why pretend it was way more interesting than the other one. So um, <laughs> I'll play uh, I'll play a clip from that one now. Downtown North, past the airport. A dream in switchgrass and concrete. Three gray floors of smoky windows. Facing the street Michael pulls the blinds back up Stares blankly down at the intersection Watching for the guy Who's got the angel dust Crystal clear connection Days like dominoes All in a line we cheer for the home team every time. Lakeside View. Lakeside View. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, to me, that was a pretty easy one. The uh, the next matchup has Southwood Plantation Road from Tallahassee up against San Bernardino from Heretic Pride. Southwood Plantation Road was kind of fun, and I like that synth or whatever it is in the background the whole time. To me, this was uh, like a kind of a high energy. Like you just put you put that on and have a good time. Uh, San Bernardino never went to a cool drum place. <laughs> That's true. San Bernardino has uh, violins in it, uh-huh. and um. Uh, there's a lot of pizzicato violin, particularly. I kept thinking maybe you're it right, was gonna, it never gets drummy, huh? Yeah, I thought maybe it was going to pick up at some point and take advantage of some things that it had going for it. But it stays really chill, and despite all the strings, I think it loses this one. Um, yeah, so for me, it's Southwood Plantation Road. Um, here's what I mean by uh, how much fun it was. I think I isolated the bit where he wasn't singing, not as not because of the singing, but just to show you what the track's doing. You're right, I think I have my bass boosted, so you can't even really hear this in. I wonder if you would have felt differently about this matchup if you had paid more attention to the lyrics. So my concern about this, after the first set, my concern about this one was that you would find some metaphors in Southwood Plantation Road. I tried my best. Unsettling? I tried my best not to. (laughs) He does say, our conversations are like minefields. No one's found a safe way through one yet. That's okay. That's not so bad. In this house, like a Louisiana churchyard where nothing stays buried. Even that doesn't bother me as much as uh, Golden Boy Peanuts does. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or the Bartles and James or whatever. Yeah. Um, we have one more. Just one more. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was. Uh, so I was just going to say uh, that made me imagine what it would be like because of the way it was droning in the back the whole time. If you just use bagpipes there instead, how cool that, that might sound. Listen, I have long wanted to own a set of bagpipes. Here is the thing. They're very expensive. Here is the other thing. You have to learn to play them. They look complex. And I imagine that until you know how to play them, 
you're not making good sounds. It does kind of look like someone took a bunch of bladders and just kind of stuck them together and went, I don't know, yeah. you figure it out. So you do have to figure it out. Well, you're right, though. That is the drone that, that goes all through Southwood Plantation Road is pretty bagpipey. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, last, uh, last, last pairing. Last matchup for round one, we have Linda Blair was born innocent from We Shall All Be Healed uh, versus Elijah from The Coroner's Gambit. Uh, nice, like, fiddly strings in the back of Linda Blair was born innocent in certain parts. Um, good tempo, decent progressions. Why doesn't he like the drums, though? He didn't really get with drums until the conceptual era. Because I like drums. Just a note for him. You do like drums. That is a true thing about <laughs> No, it's, I like drums almost as much as that kid likes turtles. I was going to say, in fact, I got real I like turtles vibes from you there. I just want to. Here's the thing the about record. you. You also like turtles. I like turtles a lot, actually, for sure. I like turtles and drums. And now you know what? I like it when in cartoons, drums or turtle shells. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, usually it's like a steel drum sound. How do you feel like about steel drums? Steel drums? I love steel drums. <laughs> Does it just feel like you're watching a Girls Gone Wild infomercial <laughs> from the year 1999? They did have steel drums, didn't they? I mean, it was almost like, what else has steel drums in the whole world aside from those girls? Uh, I guess my eighth grade graduation party. There are probably, uh, probably a huge... <laughs> Wait, really? It was either that or maybe it was senior year. Maybe it was, um, maybe it was high school senior year. There was some kind of like end. At grad night, there were steel. Yeah, at grad night there was steel steel drum troop. I don't know what to call them. There was a few of them, and I was like, um, why though? Like, why not just like get a boombox or something? (laughs) Like, why? Why these guys? What's happening? Well, there's probably a bunch of people now alive now who just don't have any association between steel drums and girls gone wild because girls gone wild stopped being a thing over a decade probably ago. probably about when dvd stopped being a thing i think probably that was the, the death knell for them yeah yeah um uh so so i'm sorry you were talking about yeah he doesn't the, like drums and that no drums me. in linda blair was born innocent um strange definitely no drums in elijah though yeah strange to hear a backing stringed instrument but also have poor rec- recording quality at the same time <laughs> I was confused by that because normally he didn't start doing that stuff until the recording quality got a bit better. It sounds like he's messing with me. Is the, in the it's particularly in the bridge to Elijah, right? Yeah. Is the out of tune singing and violining an artistic choice? Is he doing art? Maybe because I don't. Would that make you hate it more? No. Okay. I don't like to tell people that they're not playing it good because sometimes <laughs> they mean to, and I'm not sure. So I like to leave right. it open, like just in case. I don't know if you're hurting feelings or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving it open. Like maybe they meant to play it like that. I don't know. Um, for me, it was Linda Blair was born innocent. Um, it just had a little bit more going on that I um, that I appreciated, and I'll play a clip. Anytime now, I will play. <laughs> Of the old machines, here we come, scrubbed and scoured, patches on our jeans. When the drum sounds in the cool night wind, we pick up the call, kick all the traces in, hungry for love, ready to drown. So tie down the sails. We're going down 
started to play another one. Um, I think some people think strumming is the same as drumming because they rhyme, but that's well, so not was, good enough. I, I was going to say that if you listen, particularly in the lo-fi and deep indie eras, to the way he plays the guitar, he's definitely attempting to get some rhythmic element out of it. Yeah, like he. You just need to play the chord once to make the chord sound. Yes. But he's never not strumming. Yeah. I th- again, I think he thinks that's going to that's gonna do it. But uh, hey, I like drums. Yeah. And that's what I want to hear. Uh, so what do we have here in, this bra- in these brackets for round two here? So uh, round two, we're still in our divisions. In the blue bracket, we have Chanson de Bonchos versus Balance. Cha- Chapeau Isaiah de Bon Jovi. Chapeau de Bon Jovi is how it's written in the bracket. Isaiah 4523 versus Shelved. Mm-hmm. No Children versus Cotton. That's correct. Age of Kings versus Song for Ted Salas. I forget what you were calling him. Ted Cialis. Ted Cialis. <laughs> uh, Fire Editorial versus Psalms 42. Yeah. No I Can't versus Song for an Old Friend. Damn These Vampires versus Lakeside View Apartment Suite and Southwood Plantation Road against Linda Blair was born innocent. And uh, I only know of two that are definitely not going to advance from next week. So so you feel like there's some room to move. Yeah, I don't bracket. yet know the songs well enough to be able to say how it's going to go. So It's not next week, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Next week is a Star Trek week, Matt. We're back on the clock. <laughs> Here's what you should watch if you're Ben. I don't think anyone else is playing. No, I don't think anyone else is listening. Ben may not be either. It's hard to say. Ben can just watch the next ones on Netflix, too. He knows how it goes. Uh, we're watching By Any Other Name. Sure. Who Watches the Watchers? Yes. 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 The Abandoned. Okay. Warlord. Okay. Mm, and the end of Enterprise Season 2, The Expanse. We're about to enter a dark fucking period. Yeah, you warned me last time. Uh, I remember that the Voyager one had a Neelix on the thumbnail, so... Sure did. Keep that in mind, everybody. We've had three bad weeks in a row. Yeah, we really have. (laughs) In the Star Trek project, three weeks. uh, But because it's over over six weeks... 26.2 average, yeah. Yeah, but because it's over six weeks, or more, actually, because the holidays are involved... Because it's been over a million weeks, it really feels... Uh, it's been bad basically since Thanksgiving, is what we're saying. It feels like it's been a real fucking long time since there was a good week. So it would be nice if it was this week, but I don't... I don't know. doesn't feel like we're going to get it. Maybe. Who can say? Yeah. If not, I don't feel like the next week is going to be better. <laughs> uh, let's Just peeking ahead to week 52, we've got the bonding for TNG. Oh, okay. And the Q and the gray for Voyager. So wait, really? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I don't know. It sounds like it's gonna be a Q episode, though, huh? About the Civil War? I didn't think that there was another one of those. <laughs> Sucks. I was really hoping that we were. Did you just skip it? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was hoping those weren't done. Like we're not done with those. Good God. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, hey. So good job, everybody. Hey. And we're coming into a real bad run for uh, for poor TOS. Portios is really going to show. So we've got the ultimate computer coming up. That one might not be too bad, but we've got bread and circuses. 90, 90% sure that's the one where it turns out they're worshiping Jesus Christ. <laughs> then we've got assignment earth. That's a time travel episode and a backdoor pilot for another show that never happened. Yep. Then Spock's brain. Oh yeah. 
Uh, then the Enterprise incident, but that that one might not be too bad. That's a uh, Romulans. So okay, we've got. Um, Oh, yeah, Spectre of the Guns coming up not too long from now. That's no. shoot out the OK Corral. No. And then Day of the Dove, that's definitely Abraham Lincoln. So, you know, TOS is getting into a real strong run coming up here. <laughs> they're, they're, are they going to be in third place pretty soon? <laughs> the Well, they are trending that way uh, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for playing with us, everybody. Thanks for the strong mailbag. Keep up the good work. Uh, and sorry also. Just I feel like I should apologize at the end of each episode. Sorry. Um, and we will uh, we'll see you pretty soon. Keep filling that mailbag at Brother Date, and uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flop. I was really, I was look the last couple of weeks. I'm just gonna say it. I haven't given my best performance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Been very tired from work. My jo- my job is hard. Please subscribe.